0: I was playing a guitar just like this. Maybe even this one. But uh, Keith Moon was on the drum kit and Keith passed out. Twice. And after the second time, they drug him off and Pete said, All right, is there anybody out there that can play drums? And he said that twice. Is there anybody out there that can play drums? Somebody could. Uh, I didn't talk to the fellas about this, but um, because of COVID and all, we can't have quite the spontaneity to pull someone just right out of the thing, but um, there's gotta be a couple drummers out there, and, um... Go ahead and, uh, film, film yourself playing a song and send it to, uh, Club tonight, or tomorrow morning. And then, uh, we'll get you in here and we'll test you. And then, uh, maybe play a song with us. Yeah? Are you up for it? Um, but come tomorrow, we'll, we'll find you, and then we'll uh, we'll test you for COVID, we'll test you for syphilis, we'll test you for all the things. Um, but uh, keep it in mind and have courage. Is that uh, you're excited about that idea? <laughs> it's a <very> good exciting... <laughs>
1: Oh, is that right?
0: But can he play? He says he can play. Do we have uh, security? Get him tested for the encore. Let's see what happens. Test him for the encore.
2: And away. We go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring Mr.
0: Stone Gosser. Fucking
1: camera in the
0: drum Mr. Boom Gasper! You can call me Al, you can call me Ed You just just fucking call me, why don't you?
2: Hey everybody now, welcome to Live on Four Legs, the definitive live Pearl Jam podcast. And we've been on tour all the last two weeks, and it has been a noteworthy tour. There have been things that happen even before the big story. We were getting a San Diego show that had storytelling through all that. We got LA show, where in LA people were able to request a song on the rail, and they played a couple songs on the rail. And then we got to Oakland, and shit went down for real. Matt Cameron, obviously not out for the first song, which was rocking in the fucking Free World. And you kind of find out throughout the night, Matt Cameron not going to be there for a couple days. Instead, in his place, Josh Klinghoffer and Richard Stuverud. And the man we're about to introduce to you right now. Randy Sobel over here, John Farrar over there. Hello, hello. It wasn't you. I uh, let me just clarify. It wasn't <laughs> oh, you that was up there. It was not. Uh, it, it was not. They can
3: they can ask you to play bass at some point. I'm sure you wouldn't put that down. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, I give me give me something easy. Give me a Lucan or something and maybe I can handle it. <laughs> you need you need to do that on ukulele again, my friend. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs>
2: No, the man that we're introducing you all today is the lucky, lucky fan that during the middle of the show, Ed kind of makes this quip about the who and how they lost Keith Moon, like he was on tranquilizers or something like that, and, and he couldn't play the rest of the show. And yep. he found somebody in the crowd pointing them
3: out and said, you, famous show. Yeah. Pete goes up over the here. Mike. Yeah.
2: Is there and, a drummer in the house? Yep. And Ed, of course, being the who maniac that he is did the same thing and the man he found was josh arroyo who's here with us today josh welcome to live on four legs man hello randy hello john and hello everyone on the podcast we're so excited to
4: have you man absolutely thank you this is this is pretty cool i could not have predicted this a couple
2: days ago guys What's uh What's the last couple days been like? Let's start out that way because obviously when something happens within this community, whether it's something small like uh, Tom Jones doing the uh the the live feed throughout all see here now, and everybody immediately got to know Tom Jones, and you know this is right in line with that. So I know you got millions of messages. You got messages from me. You probably got messages from people that you have no idea who they were. So what's that Correct. been like at you know after the whole thing happened
4: it, it's been a great feeling it, it's been a uh, an outpouring of you know people saying congratulations and people saying wow that's just you know bucket list dream come true and you know a great amount of fans from you know all over the world it appears Sending notes of love and wow that was that was amazing and it's it's been overwhelming not in a bad way but it, it, it was something that you know of course I could have never predicted in my wildest dreams on Thursday afternoon or you know years past um, but it's been great you know I've had to uh, you know look at my wife a couple times a day and she goes what you doing? And I go, Oh, I'm just checking out these messages. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't even an active like Instagram guy at all for the most part. Um, until the other day when I got a call from Tim at the 10 club that said, Hey Josh, we want to post something. Can you actually turn your Instagram from private to public? <laughs> and so I said, I said, Well, let me figure out how to do that real quick. And then I figured out how to do it. And then he. He texted back and said, "Okay, uh, you're on. Get ready." <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> wow. I've been a you know a Facebook guy a little bit in you know past years and stuff like that. I'm not a massive, massive you know social media user for the most part. So when that got activated and I actually learned how to use it a little bit, it was uh, it was like, oh my gosh, what is going on here? I mean, it was. <laughs> so you know um it was something that i could have never in my wildest dreams predicted um you know i bought tickets to the thursday night show two years ago pre-pandemic and when i bought them a couple years ago had every intention of taking my daughter who you know was 10 at the time and is now 12 and we sat on those tickets and we we never returned them we we kept him. we kept him. we kept him. We kept looking at all the news about, you know, when are these shows going to get rescheduled? And I was like, you know, it would be good to know if these are going to get rescheduled, but I'm just going to keep these tickets for the hope that at some point they do. And then they did reschedule the dates in order to put something on the calendar and, you know, get excited about, you know, the return of the band and taking my daughter to her first ever Pearl Jam show at 12. Now she's seen a lot of shows in her 12 years. And I'm I'm very proud of the resume that she holds as a 12 year old, considering who she has seen in the past, greatly due to me sort of pushing her to go. Um, And without a doubt, I'll never regret bringing her to the bottle rock festival in uh, May of 2017 and insisting that she see tom petty in the heartbreakers and it would move and it was that that was the may before the summer run before the last show ever for tom and the band at the hollywood bowl so um you know taking her to see tom petty before it was too late was a, a decision i'm glad i made and um it's all always been on my mind to make sure that when the time was right i take her to see my favorite band who is pearl jam
2: and not only that but it's like okay you're taking me to say your favorite band and now you're in the band about 20 minutes later what's happening here let's well what it was in 20 minutes yeah go ahead longer than that but of, of course
4: the um The exhilaration I had just walking into the arena that night, you know, with my daughter, um, you know, the feeling that I had had this this memory behind it, which was the Oakland Arena building that hosted the show last Thursday and Friday was the same building my father took me to my first real rock show which was by my request, not his. And that was when I was 13. And it was the Rush Power Windows Tour that me and all my middle school friends were hoping to go to. And I was just beginning to play drums at the time. And Neil Pert was my idol. And I was like, dad, dad, your dad, you gotta go see the Rush show. Gotta go to the Rush show. Like all the guys in the jazz band are going. All my friends are going. And my dad said, hold on a second. Where's that concert again? And I said, "Uh, it's the Oakland Arena." And my dad said, "Look, there's no way in hell you're going to the Oakland Arena at 13 years old with your friends. You want to go see this band Rush that you love so much? I'll take you. You're going with me. I'll find us some tickets, but no way in hell you're going to that show by yourself." So, to walk back into that building the other night as the sun was going down, with memories of my dad taking me to Rush in the 80s and now taking my daughter
2: to Pearl Jam was amazing. And that was just walking into the venue, you know? Yeah. It all comes full circle in such a beautiful way that at that right. point, of course, you didn't have any clue. Let's um I-, I would love to know a little bit about your Pearl Jam fandom throughout the years because i'm sure and, and i think when we sure. we spoke before I, I, you were you were there since 10 so you were there from the very very beginning you have a great story about the cow palace so get into a little bit of that because i think i find it really interesting um i
4: i was introduced to pearl jam from my brother uh my younger brother drew um guitar player big fan he was there on thursday night as well and um I can't remember exactly when it was. I want to say it was unfortunately like maybe like the fall of 92, you know, the record had been out a bit and I hadn't been around and my brother and I hung out one day and he said, Josh, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta take a listen to this. And I said, absolutely. I'll take your word on it, Drew. You know, we exchange musical ideas, but if you go back eight or nine months to, as you mentioned, Randy, the cow palette, um one of my big regrets in life is not seeing Pearl Jam that night when they opened for Nirvana and the red hot chili peppers, you know, never mind climbing up the charts like mad. Blood sugar sex magic is crushing it, and Pearl Jam are the opening band. And I must have been out in San Francisco on that New Year's Eve, Cow Palace, 9192, 20 years old. And Partying in the parking lot and with a bunch of friends that had all conveyed out there for the for the show, and I didn't go in for Pearl Jam because at the time I just didn't know who they were. I, I didn't know the record, unfortunately. I had a couple of buddies try to grab me and say, "Josh, you got to go in and see the opening opening act," and I was like, "No, no, no, no. Let's hang out in the parking lot and party." So um, it was, it still remains an item that some friends tease me about because they know how much I love the band now, Um, but a regret that I'll always have. And so I guess that moves forward to my brother's introduction to me of the band and what eventually would become my first show, which was Halloween um, at the Greek theater in Berkeley With the Henry Rollins band,
1: wow,
2: that's a pretty uh, great.
4: Yeah, Halloween night when uh, they returned to the Bay Area, they had moved up from, I think, a couple shows at the Warfield that my brother had seen, but I hadn't seen. Um, And then my whole family descended upon the Greek in Berkeley, which is still one of my favorite venues this to this day, to finally experience the band live, and that was an epic night in berkeley without a doubt
3: let's let's beat things up because we don't want to bury the lead too much so over yeah. the years what yeah. are some of the the most memorable shows that you've seen
4: i i counted up my shows just like uh before the thursday night show and um sacramento will make 19 i'm looking at the list fellas but I, it's a good list of berkeley halloween bridge school 94 a Ooh, solo, good one. solo trip up to Toronto for the Air Canada show, 05. Saw a show with my wife, 06 San Diego. The three nights at Bill Graham Civic when they finally went back to the general admission sort of thing after Ross Gilda. I made the trip out to Chicago the summer of 07 for the Vic Theater and the Lola oh. show. And uh, Saw them at Bridge School that fall, 07. Bonnaroo 08 after Jack Johnson, a San Diego show with my brother Drew, which was the night that the band, or shall we say Eddie, sang happy birthday to 16-year-old Lulu Wismar, daughter of longtime Pearl Jam friend, lighting designer, he's no longer with us, Mr. Keith Wismar. And seeing the band pull out Lulu and hearing Eddie tell his story of how he was at the hospital with Keith Wismar in the pouring rain when Keith was his lighting guy in 92 or 93, had the first baby in the whole crew. Seeing Keith and his daughter Lulu up on stage and the band singing them happy birthday was badass. Um, Move forward to seeing them in Dublin, Ireland. Oh, 2010, a couple of days later in hyde park london epic show on the backspacer tour yet another san diego show um in 13 which was that three hour and 45 minute 34 song marathon set um and then most recently seeing both nights at ohana encore with my brother dan which was just epic after so after a couple years of pandemic living going to ohana for ohana encore was just unbelievable and then we'll follow that up with oakland so there's there's the live history um show experience it's certainly not as many shows as a lot of people have seen but i've seen them in a lot of different places and a lot of different times if uh if that can make any sense to everybody
3: You've got some absolute good resume. classics there, hmm? but what? I don't, I don't, I don't think any of them are going to compare to uh, to Oakland, twenty twenty two. Talk about your uh, your drumming experience. Have you played in bands? Like, how did that? How did that come about? Um, started playing drums when
4: I was probably about five or six on my mom's pots and pans. As soon as I fell in love with Animal and the Muppets. And then my dad showed me a PBS special one night with Buddy Rich. And then I heard Moving Pictures for the first time in my life at 10 and discovered Neil Peart. Then that sort of moved on to Keith Moon, John Henry Bonham, all sorts of different you know drummers. Um, I played drums in middle school for a little while. Then it sort of disappeared during high school for various reasons. Then it came back in my 20s. Play drums a lot with my brother Drew and some other friends, and just jam session sort of things, but um, I've always played drums on and off on and off for a couple of decades, never professionally, just as a hobby. Uh, I was a drum tech for a little while, so I learned how to tune drums a little bit, make them sound good. but um it was uh I don't know, uh, getting back to where we're trying to get to as well when when I heard Bad Motor finger. And I heard Jesus Christ pose. And I started to learn more about who played drums in Soundgarden when Bad Motorfinger came out. I went, holy smokes, listen to that tribal drum beat. Oh my God, that guy that plays in this band is amazing. And that's when I discovered for the first time, pre-Pearl Jam, Matt Cameron. So... There's a lot of influences in my life on the kit. You know, I wish I could play like Bonham played. And When the Levee Breaks is one thing, and other songs are another thing. But um, drums have always been a part of my life. I I love playing them whenever I can. And uh, I don't play as often as I'd like to, obviously with kids and work and everything else in life. But um, they've always been a great release. I've been working at this winery in the Napa Valley for the last eight years and I finally got permission from the owners during the pandemic to bring my drums up into this big uh, cavernous wooden winery up on the top of this hill which has just the most incredible acoustics and they were okay with me setting up the drums some nights and putting a little PA next to me or not a little PA but a good sized PA to crank out playlists that I would put together and just play along with and uh there's a bunch of pearl jam songs that would always be in those practice playlists some of them more challenging than others but um that's sort of my thing with the drums guys was yellow lead better on that playlist i have to know i don't think yellow lead better was ever on the practice playlist um i'd always sort of push myself a little harder on those nights um hail hail breaker fall sure Um, sure uh whipping um what else would i put a grievance um that's good ones al- alive um oh what you know what i used to love to play along to was um leaving here when the guys would do leaving here that's always a fun one to yeah try. yeah um you know and then some nights it wouldn't necessarily be straight up like pearl jam songs but i'd love i love playing along with some of the stuff off of mirrorball and, um, oh,
3: some of the best,
4: yeah. Some of the stuff that Jack did on like downtown and the ocean, and oh. there's some great drum tracks on Mirror. Yeah, Mirrorball. yeah. I-, I would put together playlists and include some Pearl Jam, some Zeppelin, and you know, whatever I could possibly do and play until my arms fell off, and then pack up the drums and go home and take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> So, but I love playing. I love playing. I, I don't think I've ever put yellow lead bed in my practice sets unless I put it as an encore, and I could never get to the end of those sessions because my arms would be so tired.
2: <laughs> so, you make it into the arena, it's you and your daughter, and yeah. the you know, one of the first things you look out for is the black Yamaha set, yeah, and sure. what happened when you didn't see it. Well, it's interesting is
4: that when I bought these seats a couple of years ago, I bought tickets for behind the stage and I was fine with that. I love that view. I saw the band from behind the stage at that marathon show in November of 13 in at San Diego State when they went for almost four hours. And I loved being behind the stage because it gives you an eagle eye view above of Matt Cameron as opposed to like being out front. I love that view. So I was okay with buying them again. But the other night when I was making my way toward that section with my daughter, I was so anxious to just show her what the inside of the arena looks like that we went through a tunnel into section One Seventeen, which was short of being behind the stage. And it was a section that was much smaller and just sort of above Mike's side of the stage. In fact, it was almost level and parallel with a side stage view. And there were some open seats down there. So I said, Isabella, this is actually a really, really cool view. So what we're going to do is we're going to chill here. And if someone comes and owns these seats, we'll move. No problem. However, if nobody comes, we're going to stay here and watch the show from here. Because this is a pretty cool side angle view of the show. And upon taking those seats that were not our tickets, um, scanning the stage up and down during set breaks, during set changeover, I saw the drum kit. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. That's an orange Vista light with an awkward-sized kick drum. It's not a black Yamaha. Cymbals are a little bit low for Matt. Ride cymbals a little bit small. That's interesting. Mm. I, I didn't know what to think. I was like, huh, I wonder if like Chad's getting into playing the Vista light or if... if uh, Matt's getting into playing the Vista Lights like Chad Smith plays sometimes. or I, I didn't know what to think. I just thought it was weird. But I could see that the symbols were a little bit lower than the way Matt likes to set them up. And I was just like, this is awkward. Well, we'll see what happens. And then the house lights went down. And then the house lights went right back up, full steam, just like they do at the end of the show. <laughs> and they open with Rockin' in the Free World um, with Josh on drums. And I go, this is interesting. This is very interesting where's matt uh-huh okay um and i didn't know what to think i mean if matt's had a couple chili dogs for lunch and he's in the bathroom that's one thing the band's gonna wait for a guy like him but to start the set without him i was kind of like okay well here we go but not a bad song to open with i mean i've never seen him open with rockin' in the free world and that's it never actually. happened
2: <laughs> has it never happened before nope no nope. one time right. one time only so far
4: Oh my goodness! Okay, I wasn't sure if that might have happened, maybe once or twice, way back in the Neil days or something like that. But so they open with the most unpredictable opener you can imagine. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, let's let's open with Long Road or something like that. Nope, nope, we get a rocking in the free world. But when song two came around, and now Josh is still up there, I realized that something was off. And uh, and then I think Eddie made his announcement after the second song. That Matt Cameron was not there and that Matt Cameron was not going to be there, which made me kind of go, oh no, man, that's not well, that sucks. Fucking COVID. And, uh, you know, my daughter doesn't know the difference really. She just was overwhelmed by the sound and the lights and trying to, you know, comprehend what was going on in front of her. She's never seen a big, big rock show like that um, for the most part. And so I was bummed that Matt wasn't there. He is my favorite living drummer. Um, Huge influence. And you just got to roll with it. You just got to go, okay, well, COVID took down Matt. Damn it. Hope he's feeling better. And let's see how, let's see how the night goes with Josh. This will be interesting, you know?
2: Yeah. So what did you think about Josh's performance and then Stuver coming in and and filling in? Like that's got to be a a really unique experience, of course, with, with Matt out and just kind of be fly by the seam of your pants kind of deal.
4: Yeah, I thought they both kicked ass. I thought they both just handled themselves. I think they rocked it, you know, for the particular songs in the set list that they delegated or worked out during sound checks and assigned or however they put the set the set list together to like not overplay them and give them little breaks, you know, three songs, five songs, whatever it was. Um, they I thought it was great. I thought it was so neat, you know, minus the fact of not seeing Matt. To see those guys up there playing these songs that we all know and love, and playing along with them, just with just as much power and just as much energy, and you know, giving those songs their own, you know, their own little unique twist of drum parts. I I loved watching them play. I thought it was really cool because if Matt's out, Matt's out. So you better just be happy with who's up there. And it was really neat to see the other guys come through so strong and with so much power too i mean whoa you know you watched you watched randy come the end of the night and be assigned like animal alive and baba good god i mean that's, <laughs> that's and that, then that's, the next
2: that, night wma yeah i mean that's really
4: trying so i mean that's that's drumming that's that's drumming. and that's you know that's one of the reasons why i've always loved matt so much is his endurance his power, his precision, and his ability to play two and a half to three and a
3: half hour sets—you know—and and crush it, you know. So, so let's let's get to daughter, yeah. and and after daughter, daughter, Ed, Ed asks for a, a drummers in the crowd, and you know we were we're watching the the stream. Uh, it was
4: right before. It was right before. Not for you.
3: Yep. Right, before not for you. And we're watching the stream, and he, as he's doing this, you, people around you, I, I don't know if this was your daughter or someone else, People, the, the spotlight, I guess, or the camera finds you, and people around you are kind of pointing at you. Were you, were you pointing, were you trying to like, hey guys, I'm up here, come get me, or was this like... I'm gonna be humble, like guys. Don't do this. Like I, I, I'm not, I'm not ready for that. But how? What was going on through your head as, as that, as Ed was giving that little speech?
4: Well, the seats that we had sat in, which weren't our own seats, were I don't know, fifteen or something rows up from the side rail just above the floor. So to get from our seats to those stairs was rather easy. You didn't have to excuse yourself behind around too many people. Um, when Ed started talking about the, the, the Keith Moon story, I was like, oh, my God. And he started saying, are there any drummers? I bolted from my seat. I said, Isabella, let's go. Because I've watched all the, you know, you watch all those YouTube uh, videos of the foos over the last couple of years. And, you know, Dave bringing up people to play drums with them or play guitar with them or sing with them. You know, the foos have done that quite a lot. Sure those videos late at night when the kids have gone to bed and be like, wow, wow, man, the food fires are just pulling people up out of the audience and sometimes it, it clicks and sometimes it's a complete train wreck. But <laughs> I, I I heard what Ed was starting to say and I realized I had to get into a position visually to maybe even try to to do to to just get noticed per se. Um, and the important key part of this is the shirt I was wearing. Mm-hmm. You guys about the shirt? Oh yeah. Oh
3: yeah, yep. And
4: so, your hat like, too.
3: Your your very conspicuous red hat.
4: Well, the cons- the conspicuous red hat is an old school Pearl Jam Town and Country Surf designs hat that they were okay. years ago and instead of it saying like TNC Surf designs, I think it says Pearl Jam Surf design. So they stole the old like, you know, surf logo. And cool. it's, a, it's a great hat that I have not worn very much in 10 years since my buddy gave it to me. I've kept it in good condition and it's definitely like a bring it to the concert hat. Cause it's a, it's a rare hat. It's a good looking hat, but the t-shirt was a black t-shirt with big white font listing all the last names of everyone that's played drums for Pearl Jam. That, a friend of mine in chicago who is a gigantic pearl jam fan and who i credit with really you know keeping my band my love alive for the band um back in the late 80s early 2000s like right when matt was sort of coming into the band and stuff um he gave me that shirt months ago i think i wore it to ohana one night some people checked it out some people see it some people don't but, you know, I figure you're going to a show, you're going to go see Pearl Jam, this is the t-shirt that you wear. And I didn't put it on that afternoon thinking I'm going to get Mike's attention with this shirt. I just wore it because it's cool to wear unique rock and roll shirts to concerts, right, guys? Of course. Of course. Right?
2: I mean, I, of course, I, if it doesn't say the band's name, but it has something to do with the band, that's more unique.
4: But you just wear a shirt, yeah, you wear shirts that represent the bands you love or you know, the rare shirts that you got. I mean, I saw some guy roaming around with the original like bad motor finger 92 tour t-shirt and you could tell it wasn't a reissue. That thing was a real shirt. So, um, with the shirt, I run down the stairs and I get to the railing, possibly as close as I can get to Mike's side. And I just straighten out my shirt. So it's legible. And my daughter's behind me, jumping up and down. A good friend of mine named Cinco is in his bright yellow A's jersey. That's He's- who
3: I saw, yep. yep. That's, That's my, my Bright brother. yellow, yep.
4: That's Dan Harrington. He's yelling and screaming, and I'm trying to keep my shirt straight. Mike sees it. Huh. Taps on Jeff's shoulder. Jeff sees it and goes, huh, interesting t-shirt. Those guys haven't seen that t-shirt ever before with all the
2: guys that have played drums for them all over the years which then, was obsolete that very
3: minute
4: <laughs> <laughs> well we got so we're, we're
3: gonna talk we're gonna talk more about the shirt in a little bit
4: so we, we got the new shirt coming so don't worry about it. we got clean we got everyone on the new shirt okay. it's, already, okay. it's
3: already good it's already
4: and um so they notice the shirt jeff gets ed's attention ed notices the shirt I guess he also saw, you know, my daughter jumping down, up and down like crazy behind. Mm-hmm. Me. And then he said, "Okay, let's get security. Let's get him back here. Let's get him tested. Let's see if he can do the encore." And I was like shaking, like, "What? That? What? Okay." And I had to find a way to climb over the rail and lower myself down to the floor, and I guess you know, just await for security to escort me backstage behind the black curtain. And so that, and what's Yeah, that,
2: what's next after that?
4: That's when you get really like, oh my god, this is, this is, you're now going from going to a concert into living in a dream. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is, this is now getting deep breaths. Um, they were right on it too. I mean, give them all the credit in the world. Their security team escorted me directly to a road case and directly to a COVID test, which I gladly obliged to take immediately when they brought my daughter backstage a matter of 10 minutes or so later when they inquired if i was with anyone and i said yeah that little girl that was with me that's my daughter you know let's make sure i mean i knew she was in safe hands with my buddy senko but um they brought her backstage and they gave her a covid test immediately and you gotta respect that uh organization's tight care for their crew and their band and and doing things right because in this day and age of touring I mean shit it took down Matt if you're not careful it's going to take down your whole crew and it's going to take out your whole band so I was I had no problem taking a covid test and it shows just how committed their organization is within their security and safety and covid protocols it was no problem you know so, what's next, guys? You take a COVID test. Um I I was asked to stand somewhere specifically, you know, while the 10 to 15 minutes go by that you got to wait for the result.
2: Yeah, were uh, were you able to see the rest of the show or were you just kind of in standby, you couldn't hear anything or very no, 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 I I could hear the echoes of it. Um I I could hear parts of it. I I was fine with, you know,
4: missing a couple songs here and there. Um, Pearl Jam has a security guy and upon me passing the COVID test, he said, let's go to the practice room. Let's see, let's see if you can play. Was it Pete? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Big guy, big, big Pete. Yeah. Let's see, let's see if you can play. Cause he's got to be able to advise the band that, you know, this random that they pulled out of the stage can either play or can't play, you know, Yeah, that mean, you're
3: not fucking you're, with them. Yeah. Do you,
4: All do, right. you really, do you really want to bring someone out for the encore and have a, a, a train wreck possibly? <laughs> <laughs> so so Pete brings me into the practice room where they've got a little practice drum set and he says, play something. And so I think I started banging out Baba O'Reilly, just drums and vocals and he was like all right all right all right all right you got it okay okay you can play and he put me with my daughter uh he, he got us together again where we could go back and watch the show and we watched it for a while from stage right on mike's side um and then he grabbed me again at the end of the set to bring me back uh as you know security and management had to probably talk to the band and figure out if they really wanted to have somebody sit in or not understandably um so management talked to the band um i think his name's smitty pete's one of pete's guys yep he's the manager now right yeah Yeah. yep he 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 had me sort of you know stand good covid protocols 15 20 feet you know away from the band as they caught their breath and hydrated and figured out what they're going to do with the the remainder of the night uh, they had a conversation with Ed, and before Ed broke for the stage for Acoustic Solo, he came over and said, hey, Josh. Hey, Ed. And he goes, uh, so you want to do Yellow bed? And I said, yes, absolutely. Let's do Yellow Leadbed. And he said, cool. See you in a little bit. And I went, holy shit. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, this that was, is-
3: So that's during the encore break? That was during the encore break, Okay. Yeah, okay. before
4: Ed wow. went up in uh, solo acoustic. And so when Ed hit the stage to do that, I asked Pete again, Hey, Pete, may I please go back to the practice room? <laughs> he said, that's probably a pretty good idea or something like that. And I went down the hallway to the same practice room, grabbed my phone, grabbed, you know, pulled up a, a quick, you know, more recent live version of Ledbetter with Matt and just ran through it in the air once to just, you know, rehearse it, you know, just just run through it once to make sure you you remember how it how it goes. I mean, I've heard that song what, five hundred times, and I don't know, the live version 300 times or whatever it is. So, but you just got to, like, in my mind, if this is actually going to happen, run through it once and, um, you know, practice in your head. And then my daughter and I went back out and watched the end of the set, the encore set from stage left, which was a blast. I mean, to see Richard on Animal and see Baba O'Reilly from stage left and Eddie fling a tambourine right at my daughter across the floor. and my daughter catch this broken tambourine and start banging around on it during Baba O'Reilly was just a father's dream. I was like, oh, my God, my kid's having the time of their life. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, you didn't tell me we were going to do this tonight. You told me we were just going to go see a show. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, and I got great video footage of, um, of my daughter just, you know, Smashing the tambourine and watching Rich- Richard wail away on Baba, and you know Eddie is. You were saying he loves the Who, and when that song's in the set, he loves to play that song. He sings that song so passionately, and you almost just can't wait for the end when you get the Daltrey yell, you know the Vetter yell. <laughs> yeah. So and and I guess you just you that's the countdown. You you know what the set list is. You, you know what's coming up. You know you got. You know one last song and then you might be called up to play so let me take a deep breath guys (laughs) big moment kind of yeah you know never never in my wildest dreams did i i think that would ever happen because matt is solid and he has hasn't missed a show in 25 years and
3: he's a machine
4: Yeah. yeah You look at Matt and, you know, we don't need to drop his age on the show here. I mean, we know we know how old Matt is and we know he's not young, but he's not old, but he looks great. His physical fitness regimen must be fantastic because he can play. I mean, he can really, really play. I think Eddie said something at Ohana on day two of Ohana Encore that the set that Matt was playing with Pearl Jam that night was the fourth band that he had played with that day.
3: Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, I've, I've talked about it before. Like you watch him play, his back is perfectly straight. It never moves. It's yeah. all arms and legs with him. He's, he's got it perfectly tuned in to like, to do what he does. It's amazing.
4: Yeah. he, he He's precise and powerful and he's, yeah. he's method of the way that he sits. And, um, You know, I I never thought in my right mind that something like that would ever happen because Matt's always there. (laughs) You know, you sit in with your local bar band down the street when, you know, the drummer goes to like have a smoke and forgets to come back for set change and you steal the drum kit and drummer comes back into the bar and I'm up there like covering something else with the band. You know, that's one thing, but this was a whole other level, guys. Come on. (laughs) Right. So what's what's next? I mean uh Okay, so yeah, like, after a live my daughter, oh, my, daughter sorry. Believe, my daughter can't believe what's really happening. I mean, Isabella is like she's like tapping me on the shoulder with her this tambourine and she's like "Daddy, are, are you really going to go play?" And I got a pair of drumsticks in my hand and I'm like, "Isabella, I I think so." Holy <laughs> shit. <I> think- <laughs> i think so and my daughter looks at me and she goes wow and you didn't know this was gonna happen tonight and i go no and she goes daddy this is amazing (laughs) (laughs) wait until we tell mama (laughs) Uh
2: we'll get to that in a bit
4: yeah so um i don't know you guys you guys gotta talk for a minute i'm worn out on my I need catch my oh, yeah.
3: All right, let's let's paint the scene, sure. Yeah. So, so, we're sorry, we're watching the stream and after a live, I think I turned it. I'm like, "Okay, well it looks like the show's over." Like there's there's probably oh, a I few I remember a moment. Yeah.
2: I remember that I said I think he tested negative. I I'm sorry, I think he tested positive.
3: Yeah. Yeah, cuz we're like, "Oh, they they must not be doing it. That must have all just been a a, a little you, fun you, like you a trolling t- thing."
4: You guys were thinking that whoever they pulled out of the audience took a COVID test and tested positive. Right. because it yeah, was we thought the show was the gonna set. be over.
3: Yeah, because yeah, there was like a few minutes and they were just kind of milling okay. around. And then Ed gets up to the microphone and goes, Oh, hey, uh we got we got one more drummer tonight.
1: Yep. That's you. Wow. It was just absolutely surreal, guys. I mean, it, it
4: was just absolutely surreal to be waiting on the side of the stage with my daughter, watching my favorite band with my daughter, watching my favorite song, which is Alive, live with my daughter and going, I think I have to go up there and play at the end of the show. I think I, I, I want to, but I think like I, I'm in too deep now. Like I, I have to do this. and this is this is a fantasy come true this is bucket list shit this is insane i am about to walk up on stage and play with jeff and mike and stone and boom and ed this this is a dream it really was like difficult to um process because you really feel like you are living in a dream for a couple of minutes and when when ed calls you up and you you sit on the drum riser and you look out over the drums at an arena, for God's sakes, and you see Eddie out there giving you the look and looking at Mike, like, how do we start this song?" You take the biggest deep breath and you go, "Here we go <laughs> here, here we go. And um, it was a dream come true. I mean, I just, I, I wish I could relive it so I could actually remember it a little bit more because it's such an adrenaline rush at that very moment. You're just like, oh my God. Oh my God. This is, this is absolutely insane. This is incredible. How am I going to explain this to my wife tomorrow?
2: You look yeah. out to the crowd, you see all the people like, of course, yeah. you know, you, you yeah. probably never even imagined to perform in front of all those people. Hell, Richard Stewart said earlier in the night that he had never done it. So now right. you're up there looking at it like, are you distracted at all or are you locked in? No, I'm I'm not distracted by the audience.
4: Um, I'm not um, been to a lot of concerts in my life and was not distracted by the crowd Um, I I was really focused on trying to play the song right. And and when I went up on the stage, I think you guys see, I mean, I just beeline it straight to the riser because I am nervous and I just want to sit down on the kit and get a feel for it. I hadn't sat down behind that drum set ever before. I didn't know how high or low the hi-hat was. I didn't really know exactly... How wide the crash cymbals were, or you know where the floor toms were at, as comparison to like the snare drum. I just needed to sit up there for a minute and take a deep breath when Eddie was talking about the shirt, and I just, I just wanted to play the song as well as I could. I just knew that this sort of thing will never happen again, and I know this song, okay. And I gotta play this like I'm never gonna do this again in my life. And so I was I was really not nervous, but I was focused. Um, and and you have to control your adrenaline because that's a slow song. And if you let your adrenaline sort of take over, you're gonna play it too fast. And that's what drummers are always guilty of is like speeding up. And you know that's not a fast song. Ledbetter is a cool grooving slow drum beat and if you get nervous and you, and from the start you start playing it a little bit too fast then you're going to get in trouble you know my goal was just play it soft and play it right and when i got this smile from stone i was like i think i
3: got it <laughs> <laughs> oh man you yeah you you walk up. We see, and there's a there's a really good video from the side of the stage where we can see you. And you, okay. you know, Stone gives you the fist bump as you come up, like boom, uh. kind of is there, gives gives you a little fist bump, and we see you stand up, and like you can see you, you know, taking a moment. And yes, like I was gonna ask you about the Stone smile because he looks at you. He's got the biggest grin on his face, like he knows, like this dude is in it right now. And I don't know if you noticed too, like Ed is looking back at you. And when you hit that first note, you come in like it, the, the beat comes in a little bit before the one yep. and you hit that note and immediately the band relaxes. They're like, OK, this dude, this dude's got this. And like Ed turns around and gives you like a little nod, like, OK, cool. You're you're cool. And it, it's immediately everyone relaxes. It's an amazing moment to watch.
4: Thanks, man. Thanks, Randy. I mean. Thank you.
3: You, uh, you you killed it, man. I will yeah, give you all you, the credit. Like absolutely, it, you absolutely stepped up and nailed it. It was it was fantastic. Thank you. Um, Thank I've heard that many 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 times. And uh, throwing in some little rolls, you did some little fills. I was I was impressed. I well, think those we were, all were.
4: Those were tributes to Matt.
3: Those were tributes to Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Now, do you remember playing the song at all, or were you just cloud nine the whole time?
4: No, I I, I can remember playing it a little bit, um, and really zoning in on once I kicked in and and just found the tempo on the snare drum and the hi hat and the kick drum. You know, looking up and trying to make eye contact with the band, like like make contact with Stone, rhythm
3: guitar player, make eye contact with Jeff. Oh, Jeff, standing right there. Oh, he's yeah. The, they they all kind of come around you too, like near the end. They're all kind of like over to you. How did that feel?
4: Overwhelmingly incredible. Just like wow. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I think we're actually gonna. I think we're actually gonna pull this song off and play it okay and live live to tell the story tomorrow. But you know, making eye contact with the band is key. To make sure you're you're in the pocket, you, you know, I wasn't playing too loud, obviously, I was playing pretty softly. I mean those guys can handle a hell of a lot more, and they sure did that night with with Josh and Randy as far as volume and power, but um just you Johnson know make, Richard, yeah, Richard, excuse me, make <laughs> make the eye contact you know with the guys a little bit and make sure you're you're in the right spot, and you know, as well, just you know make that eye contact just to absorb the experience like you know don't look out at the crowd don't look down at your foot like try to try to look out as much as you can and take this moment in because it's never going to fucking happen again so (laughs) you know breathe it and um, acknowledge it and be incredibly grateful and then you know get off the stage as soon as possible and go hug my daughter (laughs)
2: so your daughter's the first person that you go to obviously but do you do they invite you backstage do you get to hang around a while like do you get to you know does the band thank you like what happens what's what's the end game of all of it i i went side stage after being you know
4: tugged back out for a bow by josh and um and stone a little bit i mean i was kind of ready to to jet off the stage as soon as the song was over but you know, Josh kept pulling me kind of back out to join him for a bow. and I was like, okay, okay, Jesus, wow, this the, wow, I didn't wasn't expecting this. So, um, you know, got to give Boom a big hug and add a little fist pump. and then I went side stage to hug my daughter. And uh, that's when the band obviously made their way off the stage. And it's it's a two-night stand, so you're not necessarily, you know, standing and getting in the way of, of, of immediate loadout with monitors and guitar worlds and stuff like that. But um, I didn't go backstage at all afterwards, you know, with, I think, you know, with the COVID protocols that the bands are trying to enforce, and even though my daughter and I had tested um i just didn't think it was the right thing to do i think the the thing for me to do was live in the moment with my daughter and you know the guys have just played a long set they want to go do what they do they want to go get a clean t-shirt on and grab a towel you know get something to drink like a cold gatorade or coconut water and, and just have a moment to rest i just i just didn't feel like you know i wanted to go backstage i was i was living on such a high and standing with my daughter and looking out on the arena and still taking like deep breaths that, um, you know, that just wasn't, it wasn't in my mind. It just wasn't part of the plan. It it just wasn't necessary.
3: I want to go you- back to one last thing from the performance before we move on. And there's, and Ledbetter better on the drums is unique because you, there's that last cymbal crash and then you're done. After that left, you hit that last crash and you kind of like stop and you kind of like, in the video, like it's hard to tell what you're thinking. Cause, but like, then Mike takes over, like what's going right. through your mind as you hit that last cymbal crash?
4: Um, I hit it softly. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, that that's, that ending doesn't need a, a power crash by any means. Um, I took a deep breath. I put the sticks down on the snare drum and went, wow. Oh my goodness. Wow. Awesome. And I think I I got up off the riser. I, I I clapped for the show. and I was trying to actually like get off the riser and make a move to my daughter when Josh was like, No, get back here, get back here, you know. And Neil, uh Matt Cameron's tech gave me a wristband and that's pretty cool. And um they, Josh just kept dragging me back out to the stage. I was thinking I, I played it as good as I could. My adrenaline was pumping so hard. Um, I was just thinking, wow, wow, I, I I think I played it the best I could. And wow, that was that was a fantasy come true. That was that was incredible. That was amazing.
2: And I think everybody in the crowd, you know, safe to agree with you. You got a rousing ovation after that. Deserved the bow. Wow. Everything. There wow. was a
3: big crowd surge at the beginning too, when they after again, after you hit that first note, the crowd were like. Yes, like he he's gonna do it. Like they were all pulling for you. It was as amazing. I don't know if you've gotten uh, if you've had even five minutes to go back and watch the video, but I hope you get a chance to.
4: I watched it with my daughter a few times the other day, okay. and okay. She, she was like, "Wow, Dad! Like that was really, really the most amazing concert experience you could have ever shared with me." Though it wasn't what you had planned for the night. Um, you know, my daughter's everything to me and it was so great to take her and you know She's gonna her- be spoiled
3: yeah. now. She's gonna be the next time you go to a concert and you don't get to play, she's gonna be bummed out like Dad, come on. <laughs> yep.
4: <laughs> we'll see what our next <laughs> concert will be for that little girl, you know. She'll she's got her own musical taste and we'll see what she wants to do. But um it, it was incredible and um I'm not really sure what else to say. It was just, you know it,
3: it was incri- i could have you come back down to earth yet
4: oh yeah definitely i've had okay. to i mean two kids and um i've got circumstances in my life that you know work and family and all the other aspects of life that have you know brought me back very quickly to hey josh lot going on here you got to uh you got to come back and you know get to the task at hand life moves on with lots to do but uh, without a doubt it's, it's been this incredible, you know, little spark of adrenaline still, you know, I still look today and go, wow, I can't believe this happened the other night. Wow. But Hey,
2: focus, come on. We got things to do. Come on. You're, you're part of the Pearl Jam story now. Yep, Thanks, and you You told, you told us a story. You told me a story actually that, uh, what happened the next day where you didn't say goodnight to your wife or anything like that. You got home late and then went to sleep. She was already asleep. She yeah. wakes up in the morning to like what a, a good amount of text messages with videos and pictures and things of you. And then what happens?
4: Yeah. By the time Isabella and I got home, it was two o'clock in the morning. So we had to drive from, we t- we had taken Bart into the uh, show the barrier rapid transit train uh we had taken the train back to berkeley where we had met up some with some friends before the show to have some pizza and then um we took the train back and then we had an hour-long drive from berkeley to napa where we live and we got home at two in the morning she fell asleep the last part of the drive i got her to bed I couldn't sleep for at least a couple hours. I went downstairs just to like take a deep breath, crack a beer at 2:30 in the morning and go, oh my God, did that really happen tonight? Oh my gosh. Wow. I got to play drums with my favorite band in the whole fucking world. Oh my goodness. Okay, how am I gonna tell my wife about this tomorrow? So, but my wife had said, Isabella, you can miss school. Josh, how about you sleep in on Friday? And I said, How about I sleep in for a little bit? I'm still going to set an alarm. We got lots to do. Um, you know, we're in the process of like getting ready to move back to San Diego right now. So every day counts, et cetera, et cetera. And so my wife gets up with, to get up with my younger daughter, take her to preschool, takes her to preschool. I get up at eight o'clock, get a cup of coffee, take a shower. I already know the video is out there because my sister's already sent it to me the YouTube video, and then my sister had, at 7 o'clock in the morning or something, sent it to my wife. So, my wife comes home from dropping off my little daughter at preschool. She comes upstairs, she sees me, I've just barely gotten dressed, she goes, Hi, honey. And I go, Good morning, love. And she looks at me with this ghostly look on her face as if I have like cheated on her or something. And she looks at me, and she goes, what the fuck happened last night? What in the hell happened last night? I'm like, uh, uh, uh. Oh, you know, yeah. Your sister, Amy sent me a, a link this morning to a YouTube video. How in the hell did you get on stage? <laughs> and I go, babe, let's go downstairs. Let's, let's have a cup of coffee. I'll tell you the story.
3: <laughs> wow. The
2: rest is history. Now, I'd be remiss not to ask, because I asked you beforehand if we can uh, tell this story, and you said we could. Unfortunately, two negative things had to happen in order for you to get on that stage, one of them being Matt uh, having COVID. And what was the other thing that happened that day?
4: Uh, My my younger brother, um, who is one of my best friends, was in an accident in San Francisco Late afternoon, riding his Vespa with his helmet. And um, he got hit by a woman that ran a red light. And I've been telling him for a long time now, since he's become a father about a year and a half ago, get rid of that scooter, get rid of that scooter. But he hasn't. And he got hit pretty good. And he's going to live. And he's going to be all right. And um, he sustained a pretty serious seven fractured ribs, um, a destroyed knee. Um, a broken shoulder, but no head injuries, no brain injuries. I visited with him, um, yesterday afternoon in San Francisco. He's, he's sharp, his head's there, his wits there. He wanted to know the story of what happened in Oakland. And I had to go through it with him as well. But, um, yeah, my brother, who is one of my best bros in life, um, a Pearl Jam fan himself. He was my compadre down at Ohana last fall, um, just got smashed to smithereens by someone that wasn't paying attention on the roads. And I had to, you know, sort of store that uh, in the back of my head a little bit, the best I could to, you know, get through the evening with the positive attitude of my daughter and not let it rock me too hard. Cause I had spoke to my brother's wife. She had called literally right after we left Napa to leave for the show. And I told his wife, I'm like, do you want want us to come to the city right now? Like, fuck the show. We're on the way. We're coming to the city if you need us. And she said, no, Josh, you know, there's nothing you can do. He's he's in an ambulance. He's being transported to San Francisco General. I'll, I'll update you in a little bit. There's really nothing you can do. Like, I know how much this show means to you. Go take Isabella to the show. I'll check in with you later. But to go through... Yeah, that evening with, you know, in the back of your mind, damn it, my brother is really banged up and he's gonna he's gonna live, hopefully, he's gonna live. I don't question that, but um, the best of both worlds all at once, you know, to have that in the back of your head, in the back of your heart, and then have the night in front of you that you, you've been looking forward to, is let's just say this, gentlemen, it's a pretty emotional evening
2: i best said i i can't yeah oh, sure. nailed it
3: on the head well you know, we're, we're all sending we're all sending him our thoughts man absolutely Mike. yeah we're yeah i we're think everybody happening. out there we're gonna you know we're wishing the best for him yeah, yeah.
4: he's gonna be all right you know what guys he's gonna have yeah, a lot that's of good life. news good he's not paralyzed he he's his his brain is fine he's got no head trauma he's got no brain injuries he, he it's just gonna take some time but thank you very much he's a uh, He's he's a good bro, and um, I was so happy I got to take him to Ohana for Ohana encore because he really got a kick out of seeing the band down there. He really, really, I had to really say, you know what? You're gonna be my date. We're going to Ohana. We're celebrating my 50th birthday, kind of on the early side. We're going down. You're coming with me. We're going to go see Pearl Jam two nights on the beach. You got it, bro. And he had such an incredible experience those nights seeing the guys. So thank you guys. Thank you.
2: All right. Um, let's talk about the shirt. Let's talk about the shirt one more time. You said yeah. that you were going to get a couple more produced here with everybody. I mean, it has to include Kai Newkerman's now, right? He's the next day. They they come out with an, another drummer yet a, yet again. So, have you been? Is the shirt coming in the mail soon? What What's happening with that? And where could everybody? How, how go can to I buy get it? one? Yeah, yeah, we all want one. Well, you You want one with Kai on it, right? Everybody, of course. And you even yeah. Jimmy Jimmy Shof, Why not? <laughs> <laughs> he recorded Satan's bed. I mean, yeah. Okay. Um, I know that
4: another edition went into immediate print on friday but so that would not include kai and it wouldn't include jimmy so i'm gonna need to remind my buddy out in chicago who makes these shirts a good friend of mine for many years um that he needs to make yet another edition (laughs) and just like stone was sort of teasing ed on stage oh yeah oh yeah yeah um we'll probably have to print them on like double or triple XL sort like, that, yeah, I don't know what size t-shirts you guys
3: wear, but um, I'll be good with whatever if it has yeah. to be a momentum a, a memento, yeah. it will be a memento. <laughs> we, yeah we, definitely let us know when they come in where people can get them because we're we're gonna need some,
2: yeah, well, well, we promote it in the podcast community, and yeah, everybody, and um yeah be well, great. I'll, I'll I'll tell you
4: uh. My buddy out in Chicago's uh, graphic arts company is called Go Ahead Merch, and he is a longtime Pearl Jam fan, and a great graphic artist, and a great photographer, and an incredible DJ. Um, His name's Christopher May, but he goes by AKA DJ Evil Vince. I've known him for decades. Um, He's already gotten me the updated shirt with me at the end because he printed them on Friday. It arrived in the mail today. I'm going to have to convince him to go back on the press and include Kai and Jimmy, which I can do so because he's my homeboy in Chicago, and we got it like that.
2: And then uh, Josh and uh, Richard are on it too, right? Chris and Chamberlain and Irons. Josh and Richard are already on the new one. Yeah, good. Okay. Great,
4: right behind, me, right behind me on my office chair in the garage. I'm gonna wear it. I'm gonna wear it on Wednesday. You're,
2: yeah, I was gonna ask you where you're gonna wear it on Wednesday. That's awesome. I think yeah. That, send us a
3: picture, man. Send us a well, picture.
2: We'll be together. Yeah. We'll we'll be hanging yeah. together. Yeah. So I, I, like, I, I, I people are gonna stop you on the street and be like, oh, that's really cool. That's the guy, right? And you yeah. you should you should be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had a friend make make it for me, and then <laughs> just walk <laughs> off, and we'll and document really- it all. I'm going to wear a different baseball hat.
3: <laughs> there you go.
2: Get a blue one this time. Ah, <laughs> oh, this was awesome. The whole story is just oh my God. too good to be true. A dream come true. And not only that, but boy, you told the story perfectly. You had every single detailed nailed down. This was This was one of the best stories I've ever heard. Seriously.
3: Incredible. Incredible. It's,
4: it's 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 been a pleasure that you guys reached out and through social media we can you know meet over social media first and then you know look forward john are you going to sacramento show wednesday
3: uh i will not i don't have tickets till nashville and st louis i'm out here in, in the southeast so wasn't able okay. to get out there
4: well we'll meet someday and and randy we'll meet wednesday late in the afternoon somewhere right. we we'll figure it out but i appreciate you guys like being the fans that you are too and doing what you do to bring these stories back to life and, and and relive them. And it's been a pleasure to like just talk with you guys and share the story of, I don't know, just a, a fantasy come true, a bucket list experience through the unfortunate, you know, fucking COVID, get mad. So um, all I can say is I really, really hope that on Wednesday night, when we walk into the house the black yamaha oak customs back up on the drum riser because i have no desire to play ever again i just want (laughs) to watch (laughs) i can't handle that again i just i just want to go up there you know the reason you know in the way that i went the other night and and just watch my favorite band blast through so many songs of an amazing set And, you know, get the crowd on its feet when we see Matt take the riser and go, fuck, yeah, Matt Cameron's back. He's going to crush it. He's going to crush it because he is such a badass drummer. Oh, my God.
2: For sure. Absolutely. And look, I think that when he does come back, whether it's Wednesday, Fresno, I know, is happening literally minutes before uh, after our conversation here. So it'll come out in the morning. We have no idea what's going to happen at this point, but I don't think he's there. Cause Verude, uh posted on Facebook that he was there. However, anything can happen on Wednesday. Anything can happen on Friday. And I'm thinking that set when he comes back is going to be completely, absolutely legendary whenever it does happen. Hopefully Wednesday. Yeah. I
4: hope it's Wednesday. I want to be there for Matt's return. Please. I want to be there. Wednesday. <laughs> be there for Matt's return. You know,
3: we got to, you got can... to tell him you're going to be there. They might give you a shout out. He might say, give you a personal thanks for holding well, it down.
4: You know what? I, I, I posted a picture on Instagram of my daughter and I after the show and I tagged Matt and I sent him best wishes and you know, reminded him that you know this was incredible but you're my favorite living drummer and i haven't heard back from him yet and that's okay because he's trying to get well but yeah. um, i'd really really like to see him there um i think they should open the night with break or fall um i'm up for <laughs> that <laughs> you the way know, things are going you never know right let's, let's op- open the night with like break or fall um into whipping into grievance into hail oh. into corduroy that's your playlist and then only then maybe we can slow it down just a little bit and then um we'll figure it out from there i don't know guys Different you know, <laughs> you know, every set's different that's why we love the band that's why we love going to the shows because we really don't have any idea what's
2: coming up next Right. Quick quick prediction when he does come back, I think they're going to do a set full of Matt written songs, including the possibility of Get Right. I, I just think if you're going to make a splash, if you're going to do something that's going to make this night unforgettable outside of Matt just being there, mm-hmm. he's got a bunch of songs that you can play. Get Right has not been played since 2003. I would love for that to happen in that scenario. And other Matt songs too, like you are, and of course take t- takes the long way from the newest record. And they'll yeah. butcher their way through evacuation. Oh, sure. Of course, yeah. So there's a, uh, yeah, Evac- anything could happen. Evacuation's a great song, man.
4: I love that track. That's the yeah. that's one of the bonus tracks on touring band two thousand with the Matt Cam.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. right. hmm yeah. yeah. It's got three bridges, it's like Pittsburgh yeah That's true. <laughs> okay. all
4: right so while, while we're on that track let's make sure we get an unemployable as
3: two as well
2: there you go all right any anything let's, for anything for pearl jam six drummer
4: let, let's go let's go a little bit deeper into the avocado record a little bit but you know what? we all got our own opinions
2: <laughs> I, I know people that want big wave trust me they're on your side <laughs> All right, Josh, this this has been awesome. Thank you for your time. And we're going to be talking about this for a very, very long time. And hopefully, you know, we get to talk to you again, because I'm sure you have other stories, and I'm sure we both are just dying to hear them. You mentioned all your shows in the beginning. Yeah. I'm sure there's stories from those. So thanks again, man. I I got plenty more whenever
4: you guys want to make some time to talk, and I look forward to seeing you on Wednesday night in Sacramento. And let's hope that Matt's feeling better and on the road to strength and, and fitness and, and and feeling a lot better and actually feeling, you know, good enough to take the riser on Wednesday night because that would that would really make it special for all of us in a great full circle sort of thing for sure.
2: No doubt about it. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Uh, thank you guys for listening in. This has been a, an insane, insane month. And literally hours after recording this, I'm going to be on a plane flying out to Sacramento to go hang out with Josh again. So it's going to be just... A blast this weekend. Hopefully, again, Matt comes back and we get everything that we want out of this. And so far, we have. It's been phenomenal. If you guys want our tour Reaction episodes, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com four legs, Or go to liveonfourlegs.com where all the concertpedia recaps are happening over there in the morning after the show. Just like on Thursday. We had that out on Friday. Everyone was able to read that. Josh joined the band. Come on. And everybody loved that story. So it was a phenomenal story. And if you want to check out our other reaction episodes that are coming out on uh, on Fresno, on Vegas, on Sacramento, well, I'll, where I'll be telling my personal stories. And then so far, all of the other venues are up on Patreon. So if you want to go and check that out, subscribe at patreon.com slash live on four legs. All right. Great story. I'm going to listen to this a thousand times because I just, it makes me so happy. And yeah, this, uh, if this ever happens again, then um, we'll be talking to him again. So thank you everybody for tuning in for Randy Sobel, for John Ferrar, for Josh Arroyo. We'll see you on the next one.
4: Take care everybody. Right on Randy. Add
3: there him to go. the shirt. Uh,
1: ladies and gentlemen, Please
0: welcome one of your own, Mr. Josh Royal! Okay, brother, you take the mask off now. Yeah, you got it. So now you're gonna, you gotta redo the shirt. You gotta say Cruising Chamberlain, Abies, Irons, Cameron, and And Klingon. what's that? Yeah, your shirt's gonna need to be longer. I thought you maybe he needed a uh, bigger ball. You needed a longer shirt. No, he's got the balls. I,
1: I, I feel it.
0: Shit, I don't know. Do I count this on? How do we
1: start this thing?